Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries Podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. One of the things that I think I've heard in my short 35 years of pastoring uh, God's great forces, uh, I've heard people say, I need to find the will of God for my life. Well, that can be confirmed in more than one way. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to hear from God to know the will of God for your life. You're going to have to own it. You're going to have to receive it. And everybody wants to know the will of God. Can I have an amen? Uh, Why is it so difficult sometimes to hear or to understand the will of God? You have a mind and that mind, of course, is completely uh, filled with, uh, I'll just call it natural things or just with carnal things, the scripture calls it. But you also have what the scripture says is a spiritual mind. Paul said to be natural minded or King James says to be carnal minded is is dying the dying process. But to be spiritual minded is life and peace. And so when we get in Christ, we are to renew the thought reflex or the spirit of the mind. We are to go from just being carnal minded to being led spiritually minded. And to discern the difference in those two things. Uh, The way we do that, of course, is with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Uh, uh, The the way the Spirit of the Lord made me understand it is just literally what I call thought reflex. Uh, Because everybody thinks, for instance, right now, right now, the kind of the the buzzword of of the generation right now is coronavirus. I, I was I was in a dentist's office today. I was talking to the dentist or, or one of the dentist people that were there. And I said, uh, you guys, y'all sterilize everything I know real good in here and all of that, you know, because you're going to put your hand in my mouth. I want to know where that hand been. You better been in that sink and soap. That's all I can say. Otherwise, I have the spirit of bite come on me real quick. Anyway, no, these are great people. It's a great, great dental office. And so I was talking to him, and uh, they, all of a sudden she went off on, she said, I'm just so worried. I'm so, I'm just, just so st- disturbed about this corona thing. I'm scared about it. I said, well, you know, it, it is what it is, but uh, God has a full control. Uh, he knows the formula for that. That's coming. I can just tell you right now. And then I said something about, you know, I saw over in uh, Wuhan, those of you that have been in several services here where we've prayed over that, uh, and just bound it up. And we begin to pray. God began to talk to me weeks ago about the Christians that are living in Wuhan, China. Because there are many Christians there. A move of God has broken out in that city. In healing and in signs and wonders. In that city. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody shout something to the Lord right there, guys. Think about that. And they say people that had it now don't have it or now tested negative for it. They were positive and now they're tested negative. Look, it's a name. I understand. I don't minimize what it can do in the natural to you, but it's a word. It's a name. And the name of Jesus is above every name that is named. And so when you renew, uh, the apostle Paul said, when you renew the spirit of your mind, it's the thought reflex. Look, I don't want, first of all, God says, I did not give you the spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. 
Uh, so if God gave you a good mind, let's get it better. Let's get spiritual minded to go along with this natural mind. Your mind was made in the same pattern and format as God. You were made in the likeness of the image of God. And uh, according to great doctors and scientists, the actual capacity of our brain is totally unlimited. And only a small portion of it, they say, is actually used today. I guess that's so. I don't know. But all I can tell you is we have a capacity that when we get to heaven and we get the renewed body, it's going to be like your body right now. Because when Jesus came back from heaven, his body was still like his body that he had when he was on earth. After he went, uh, after the resurrection. I get pretty excited about that. Somebody shout hallelujah. Jesus came back. He looked like he was 33 years old. Went to heaven, came back, looked 33. Maybe that's my ticket to say when we get to heaven, we'll look like we're 33 again. And for maybe that's the optimum age and look for all eternity. Who knows? Uh, you can be sure. Uh, you're, you're, you're pretty well uh, reaching a peak in life where you just stay there normally at, at about 33 and you'll stay there for a while. And then, then the curse is an operation in the earth and, and your hair starts turning loose. Or Greg. Uh, hallelujah. But we renew our mind. And we ask God to help us understand the spiritual side of our rationale. And our understanding. Because the natural mind, the Bible says, it's important. I'm saying this for a reason because I'm fixing to take you right through uh, Romans 12 verse 1 and maybe verse 2. Because the natural mind is an enmity with God, the scripture says, is not subject to the things of God, the laws of God, neither indeed can be. But the spiritual mind leads you in life and peace, he says. So I just quoted it to you. That's a powerful thing to understand that. And the spiritual mind is a mind who embraces the laws of the spirit. The Bible says the laws of spirit and life in Christ Jesus set us free from the laws of sin and death. So there are two Two sets of laws are spiritual laws and there's natural laws. Uh, we are people who with the word and the spirit of God begin to learn and discern the spiritual. And so every time there is a word that comes up that has attached to it a curse like coronavirus, we don't say, oh my God, I'm afraid I'm going to get it. No, we rise up in Jesus' name and we say, thank God the name of Jesus is above every name that's named. His name is a strong tower. Uh, it's all about me. I cast down those other imaginations. Get a spiritual mind. Look, I'm not talking about copping out on anything. I'm not talking about being irresponsible. I'm talking about being exactly the opposite, responsible. Don't let the spirit of fear mess up your mind. Don't let the spirit of greed mess up your mind. Don't let the spirit of lust mess up your mind. Are y'all okay? Look me right in the face. Because you will never find the will of God for your life if you do not renew the spirit of your mind. I cannot emphasize that enough according to the scriptures. So let's look at this. And we're in the book of Romans chapter 12. And verse 1, 
A great uh, scripture we all understand. I'm going to give you these words real quick. We just teach for a few minutes this evening. I beseech you, therefore. So when you see the word therefore, remember, go back and read what was going on before that and see what it's therefore. Because he's referencing therefore or in view of the fact of what I've just said. Uh, and so, but let's keep going. You read it on your own time. Here it is. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, Paul writing to the church at Rome. I beseech you by all of the good qualities, virtues, and the things that are right. King James uses the term mercies. All the goodness of God, the mercies of God. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by all the goodness and the, and the good things of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I will not get to verse 2, but here's verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. So Paul is teaching this church at Rome, which had been a Gentile church, so there would have been Jews in it also. And uh, he was also writing to the church at 601 Delaney Road, Lamarck, Texas. And he's saying here, I beseech you, therefore, brother. The word beseech is an interesting word. They'll put it up on the screen for me, I believe, here in a moment. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. And uh, you see the word parakaleo. Everybody say parakaleo. You'll see this word quite often in the scripture. Now watch it. It means to, to call out or to beckon, to compel. Uh, it's got several different applications. You'll see it all through the scriptures. But it was a, a term that was used uh, oftentimes in the military if there was a battle about to take place and the general or the leader, the commander would get up and he would give this, this parakaleo. He would get up and he would give this charge and he would begin to inspire. And, and brother Larry Walker was great about it in the, on football teams before they would go out, all these young kids, he'd have them so fired up. They were willing to go out there and, and you know, they'd be throwing raw meat in front of them. And those boys would be running out there on that field ready to just get with it, you know, because they had gotten a park leo in the, in the room there before they went out. They had been charged and fired and inspired to go do it. And it's an amazing term. Uh, it also is kind of a picture of the Apostle Paul, many theologians say, where he's uh, basically on his knees compelling them. It's a word that could be used in prayer uh, to mean intense prayer also. Uh, it, it's a word that is trying to inspire and it's a deep word. It is not a shallow word. It's not just a simple little word that we hear very rarely any longer in our language. It's a word that literally means uh, to, to compel mightily and to inspire. So Paul is uh, writing to the church, probably haven't preached it. And the scripture says, I beseech you, therefore, I compel you every way I know how. I'm almost begging you. I, can, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God. He said, just don't forget all the goodness of God. Don't forget his healing power. Don't forget his saving power. Uh, I beseech you because he's the God who supplies your need. I beseech you because he's the God who changes you. He's the God who in, uh, anoints you. He's the God who gives you divine purpose in life. He's the God who answers your prayer. And he, he uses one word right here. He calls it the mercies of God. Jonah, y'all remember Jonah? 
Jonah went fishing one day, or maybe that fish went humaning, I'm not sure, but he swallows up Jonah. And Jonah is in the belly of the fish. Remember, he's writing the book of Jonah after he gets out of the fish. So he's writing about the experience, but not while he's in the fish. And he says, uh, those who forsake uh, uh, the mercies of God or those who forsake the Lord, that they forsake their own mercies. He says, if they don't obey God, that's because he's in the belly of a fish for running away from God instead of running to God. He said, those who observe, King James says, those who observe lying vanities literally forsake all of the mercies of God. The idea that it doesn't make any difference, religion, that you're uh, uh, going into, that every trail's leading up the mountain. No, there's one leading up, the rest of them are leading down. And those who forsake those uh, or who, who buy into the lying vanities, the scripture says, they forsake, they walk away from the mercies of God. He's in the middle of that fish, in the middle uh, down on the sea. And before he blacked out, before he, I personally believe that he, that he died uh, and God uh, raised him up three days, just as, so, so must, the scripture says, just as uh, Jesus said, uh, Jonah was in the belly of the fish, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. We know that our Savior was dead. And he says, the bars of death were wrapped around me when I was in that fish. But God oftentimes in the old, or several times in the Old and New Testament, raised people from the dead. Jesus was not the first one raised from the dead. He's the first one, the Bible says, born from the dead. Uh, Which is a huge statement. And uh, if you want to fight with people that are just total uh, predestinarians, well, I better not go there. So it's very important to understand what this scripture says right here. He says that if we observe lying vanities, we forsake our mercies. So he said, I compel you by all the good things of God. Listen, if you're ever trying to share Jesus with someone, don't compel them about all of the judgments of God. Can I get a better amen? Amen. Look, you don't have to be anointed to preach bad. You can preach judgment, bad things. All you got to have is a bad attitude. Just preach mean all you want. You'll, you'll have to have an anointing on you to, to begin to declare in a bad situation the mercies of God. Paul says, I beseech you by the mercies of God. Look, there's a lot of corona. There's, there's cancer. There's all the stuff. You name it, it's there on the planet. My job is not to point out all the bad stuff. My job is to tell you the mercies of God in the middle of the bad stuff. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul's floating around. He said, oh yeah, I had a dream last night. Angel appeared to me. Uh, there's going to, a shipwreck's going to take place here before long. But everybody, just stay in the boat for a little while and nobody's life will be lost. He declared the good things and he's telling that to the, the, the men that actually are holding him as a prisoner. Uh, we are people who declare the mercies of God. You have to have an extremely unique anointing uh, to to talk negative, much less preach negative, and get a positive result. Uh, It's extremely difficult to do that. Uh, There may be a few times when the gift of a prophet might work in that particular capacity. The rest of the time, you and I are called to declare the good news. Come on, somebody shout good news. 
that means in the midst of the bad, something good is going to happen in Jesus' name. Uh, uh, Pastor Lashon and I were talking about that today uh, at lunch. We started talking about the goodness of God so much, we nearly ate all of the fish at Papa's Seafood. It was wonderful. A massive fish kill right there. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, are y'all doing all right tonight? By the mercies of God that you present your bodies. Oh, my goodness. If God would have just not said body. But when you read about that word actually in the Greek, the word body there means exactly what it says. It means your body. Uh, speaking there, but in, in, its, uh, in the tense that it's there, it means the entirety of your being. Body, soul, your mind, your heart, your life. He says, I beseech you, I beg you, because of all of these powerful uh, blessings of God, including eternal life uh, through Jesus Christ. He said, I beseech you that you present your... No, the word present. Everybody say present. Maybe they can stick that up there on. There it is. Uh, uh, paraistomy. Uh, the word para, that's the original language. The New Testament is written in Greek, translated over into English for us. The Old Testament's in Hebrew. We understand that. Uh, the paraistomy, and it just means a, a, a total surrender, a full, all, all out surrender. But it also means uh, being at the mercy of another or giving disposal to someone else. And it literally is a word that, it, that is used when someone would bring an animal to be sacrificed. They would come and they would have something that was of value to them, but they knew that something was going to happen. And they would bring that and paraistomy, they would present it to the priest for the sacrifice. Something would die, the blood would be shed, it was a paraistomy. It means a total surrender, a complete. It's one that uh, you, you couldn't walk away with the sacrifice and say you'd given a sacrifice. You couldn't come with your sacrifice to the temple and uh, present it and then pick it back up and walk out. Something had to die. The blood had to be shed and it had to take place uh, under the law. And that paristomy, that's exactly what he's saying here. Uh, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you bring yourself totally all out, fully committed. You're in. I'm in. Oh, God, if Christians would just be all the way in. We don't need one foot in the world, one foot, you know, in the body of Christ and see how close we can walk to the line of demarcation. We don't need that kind of stuff. No, every believer needs to be all out for Jesus. Uh, the scripture says, I, uh, uh, I beseech you, I'm begging you, he said. We're talking about finding the will of God. A double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways. So he said, I beseech you, brethren, uh, by the mercies of God, with all of the good qualities of God, that you go all out. You're all in uh, for God. You present your body, your whole being, as a living sacrifice. Oh, my goodness. Now, you don't have enough time, and I don't have enough time tonight to just break all of that down. But we can just take a quick little glimpse at it for sure and believe the Holy Ghost will talk to us individually. The scripture says that you should go all in for God. You should present, the Bible says, your entire being. Look, it's one thing to present your body physically. I mean, we come to church 
And we're still thinking about the young and the worthless. Or that other movie, what is as as the, as the stomach turns, that one, you know. Or, we, or we're thinking about something else all the time. Or we, we're serving God because it's the only way my family will stay together. Well, that's a blessing because God is the, uh, the unifier. Yeah, that'll take place. But we are to serve him because our mind, our heart, our life has already said that is the way, that's the truth, that's the life. All of the goodness of God is there in the midst of all the ugly that's on planet earth. The goodness of God can manifest the will of God if we will uh, present that. He said, so we present ourselves. I remember when uh, Hurricane Ike hit and when all these other things hit, we had decisions to make. And so uh, it didn't take people uh, any time, just like this. We started making decisions to be a blessing to everybody we could. We had a hole with 2,000 square feet over there behind that curtain up on that roof. Uh, it, it looked like there was seven figures worth of damage, and there was. But we made a decision to be a blessing to everybody else even and at the same time take care of this. Everybody that we could. And so did other people. We're not the only ones. But I'm saying those are decisions that you make in the, in the midst of bad. You're going to see the goodness of God come out of there because God will change things. He'll do things. Uh, and, and so he says that you present your whole self. Can I just say how necessary it is? And I don't want to belabor this. I just want to say it to you uh, because it's probably one of the biggest traps of the devil. Your mind, of course, is what Paul writes about in 13 books. He wrote, he writes 13 and he mentions something about uh, presenting yourself, renewing your mind, all of those things in every one of those books and some of them numerous times. So it's not a minor thing. So here it is. You ready for this? Your thoughts are important because your thoughts and especially your repetitive thought is what ultimately uh, becomes a word, which then becomes an action or a deed. If it's a good one, oh, hallelujah. If it's a bad one, then repent. That's probably the best thing I to do is change it and get away from it. It's, it's, it's so important to hear this. Uh, too many times, uh, men and women have brilliant minds. We have every child in here, every, every person in here has got children. You know your kids are smart. And let's be honest, at their age, they're smarter than you were at your age. They really are. Because they are exposed to so much stuff in life. The problem is parents do not teach their children what to not think. And they do not teach them the art of thinking. And instead, uh, it's just, it, it, it's, it's like a muscle that uh, we're told don't exercise it, just let it grow the way it is. Well, that's a bad thing because your mind actually will talk back to you. Amen. I'm preaching so good. And you'll have to bring it into subjection to the word and the will of God. Fear will jump on you and, and, and the sun can be just very bright and clear outside and all you see are storm clouds. Uh, all you hear is negativity when you know there's something good going on. I'm telling you, if you don't train your mind to the ways of the kingdom of God and the word of God, the principles of the kingdom of God, it will naturally go to what's called the base state or the baser state in life. And hell will work overtime to cause humanity made in the image and likeness of God to act like the animal 
are to go to the baser side, but you are not an animal. You're made in the likeness and the image of God. You do not operate, nor do you react just because of instinct. I'm preaching so good. You tell your instincts to get in line and to serve God in your life. You cast down what has to be cast down and you illuminate what needs to be thought about. The next time the devil tries to tell you that uh, you're all of that in a bag of chips and you could just get you another wife, it don't make any difference. Well, I can just tell you right now, you're not going to win on that score. No, you cast that thought down because first of all, you're not all that in a bag of chips. You just used to be. I'm preaching so good right now. And you still haven't renewed your mind to the reality of the day you are living in. You're thinking about when you were 18 or 21. Thank you. So now, because of the Holy Ghost, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. So you renew yourself to the word and the ways of God. And you say, I believe I'll maximize the moment I'm living in today. I'm not going backwards. I refuse to go back. I want the will of God to write for right now. And then go ahead and be everything God's called you to be right where you are. It's amazing how happy you'll become. And so the scripture says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Now listen, you have got to present your thought life. I'm not here trying to mess with your mind. I'm just telling you the same book that, that I read, you read. It talks to pastors and it talks to non-pastors. Everybody is a king or a priest in Christ, and you've got to train yourself to that if you're going to find the will of God for your life. Uh, it is a lifelong mission, and we wash ourselves with the water of the word, the Bible says. Uh, so Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Think of the paganism that he's dealing with. All of the weird doctrines and, and religions and cults that were coming out of this epic center of Renaissance in Rome. And uh, none of it had anything to do with Jesus in that day, except what they were initiating. And here comes a man with 13 books of the Bible in him and a personal encounter with Jesus after the resurrection. Uh, when Paul says, uh, I got caught away up into the heavens and, and God began to talk to me, it's important to do this. And he begins to teach things like that, and he's talking to them. Now, they believe themselves to be real mental giants, philosophical. They would uh, entertain just about any form of, of philosophy or ideology, uh, especially if it elevated them and put somebody else down. But Jesus wasn't in any of it at that particular time. And Paul begins to talk to them, and we've, we, we fast forward into chapter 12 right here. And he's telling them, so now let me tell you how to be strong and be successful and how to find the will of God. I beseech you uh, to start with this before you go to verse two, because people say, I want to know what the good, acceptable, perfect will of God is for my life. Make sure you endeavor to uh, install verse one in you. Get that one activated first. I beseech you by, the, by all the goodness of God. Uh, guard your tongue, guard your language. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present yourself. Listen, you say, well, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I presented myself. I know you did or else you would have not gotten saved unless you presented yourself. But Paul is saying to people who are saved, he said, look, you need to make this decision that it wasn't a one-time thing, but it's for eternity. But your goal is every day 
in a lifestyle of presentation before God. Lord, I'm available. Here I am. I'm not going back and forth. I'm not yearning to be back in the world and to do stuff. I don't want to snort that stuff anymore. I don't care what song I hear. I don't care what or who I run into. I'm not going to talk a little bit and just say, well, God made all the herbs of the field, you know, and I guess it's, it was okay. And, and Come on. No, no, no. We're not going back. And even though your flesh, your body might have a compulsion, now listen to me, are your emotions. Your emotions are very, very powerful. Your emotions are extremely powerful. And unless you take control of your emotions, I'm not talking about becoming a dull person. I'm talking about telling those emotions, no, that hot temper is not going to manifest in me. I don't care if I did inherit it from five generations. Well, everybody in our family, they got these old hot tempers. Yes, one been fired from every job they ever had, been through all those other issues, lost every friend they ever had. Man, I'm preaching so good. And because they would not take control of their temper or their tongue or their lust. Emotions. Emotion. Emotions activate all kind of things in your being if you haven't figured that part out yet. And you need to tell your emotions when they can work instead of them telling you like you're being led uh, like a bird that's been blown about by wind and everything and all of that. No, no, no. No, the Bible says walk circumspect. No, you've got a path. You've got a plan. We're trying to get to the will of God. So we're going to present ourselves spirit, body, and emotion and soul. We present that. Now look, we're not going to be perfect. God didn't say that you would be uh, perfect in the sense of never miss it. Thank God there's plenty of plan. There's a great uh, plan and a compensation God has for that called the grace of God. Come on, give me two big amens. But if you want to uh, have the will of God in your life, then every day, just make that decision. Today, I commit myself to the ways of the kingdom of God. And I will present myself uh, before the Lord for his plan and his purpose. I will present my whole being, spirit, soul, and body. I present it in prayer. I present it in Bible reading. I'll present it in conversation. And I'm going to be in a lot of conversations that someone else is not necessarily presenting themselves to the Lord. But I'm not going to let that change who I am. I'm going to release the mercies of God in that. He said, and we present right on your job. It's a choice. I said, it's a choice. He said, so I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies, your whole being, a living sacrifice. It is an extremely unique term because there's no such thing in the Bible, any other place, as a living sacrifice. Because the word literally means a a sacrifice is something that has died. I can break the Greek down for you if you need it. It's two different words, and it just literally means uh, Z-A-O, and, and uh, a word, I think it's the word thuo uh, or something like that. I have to look at it again to be sure. Uh, that's exactly what it is. And it just literally means a sacrifice, an animal that is slain, something slaughtered. 
Something that died and the blood was shed. Thuo, sacrifice. Are you ready for this? Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren. Listen to this, he said. Come on, help me, Sergio. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by all of the goodness of God, that you present your own self before God as not a dying, dead, killed sacrifice, but as a living sacrifice. And that word, uh, zao, living, just literally means to be vibrant, to be full of life, to have that energy of God in you. He said, I have died to my old self and I have presented myself now as one who is all in. I'm a fool. I'm a sacrifice for God. Only God doesn't want me to physically die. He wants me to physically live spiritually with the ZAO, the, the joy and the energy of God and the goodness of God. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you live deliberately. You present yourself as one who is going to live all in for God because you died to the old man. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.